Hi, this is Paul Shepherd, and welcome to a Mindset Changing Podcast. And this is the first session in a new anxiety and stress healing program. Now, hopefully you have listened to the introduction to the series. If you have not, please do, as it explains a lot, and then come back to this one. May I suggest you to make some notes so you can form an action plan for yourself from my suggestions. Some are essential if you would like to heal your anxiety and stress. I'm not going to go into too much detail about the science as to why, but I will give a short explanation so you know why the suggestion is being made and why it would be a good idea to follow through and act upon it. Now, if you've listened to the introduction, you'll know that we are going to focus on four key areas I have identified which have the biggest impact on healing anxiety and stress, and that is mind, body, heart, and purpose. And today, I know it sounds odd that we're not starting with mind, but we are going to focus on the body because it is one of the things you can act upon pretty much immediately from today. Now, I want to bring to your attention what a cytokine is, and why that is important for your healing process. Now, if you've never heard of the word cytokine, cytokines are part of your immune system response, your healing response, in regards to if you experience infection, trauma, and inflammation. Now, what has that got to do with anxiety, stress, and even depression? Well, when cytokine levels increase, as part of an immune system response, there is a change within your neurochemistry. Cytokines deplete one of the main building blocks of serotonin, which is your mood regulator. They also have a negative effect, by the way, on your dopamine levels, which affects your drive, your energy, motivation. Also, just to add a little bit extra, cytokines have an effect on your glutamate levels, and these have a big role in your memory and learning. There is also reduced brain function in your neocortex, and this is a part of the brain responsible for your awareness, your perception, your learning, decision-making, and language. So hopefully now you might get an idea that increased cytokine levels are a problem, and inflammation is one of the main reasons that their levels rise. So reducing inflammation is really important because increased inflammation has now been linked with anxiety disorders, chronic stress, and depression. Now, there's a huge amount of work still going on in this area, which really bodes well for future advice and treatment for sufferers. But this was what changed my anxiety, because I didn't know that my nervous system, my body was inflamed and overburdened and stressed out. Now, I did not know anything about cytokines and what was increasing my cytokine levels. I just focused on inflammation and did some research on what causes inflammation within the body. So when we're stressed, we create cortisol. So cortisol is known as your stress hormone. And that in itself, through a moment of stress or for a short stressful period, isn't a problem. It's prolonged stress and cortisol levels remaining too high for too long in your body that creates inflammation. Worrying creates inflammation because it does increase your stress hormone. 
bad diet choices. So too much sugar, too much fried food, red meat, processed foods can irritate your body and create inflammation. Being dehydrated creates inflammation. An obvious one, smoking raises cortisol levels. Abusing drugs creates inflammation. Alcohol, inflammation. A surprising one for some people is exercising. Now, not exercising in general. Over-exercising creates inflammation. And we have illness and injuries. So you've got to have a bit of care and compassion if you're going through an experience like that. But it might give you an idea of why cytokines are a problem when it comes to your physical and mental health. Why they're so interlinked. And that's why I believe that therapy in itself, if it doesn't address you holistically, focusing on reducing inflammation in your body, then how can you work on the mind when your serotonin is struggling to communicate, its levels are low, or if your dopamine has been reduced and you're not finding the energy or drive to sort yourself out, it's so much harder. I had some very interesting comments on TikTok, a uh, social media platform where I created a small video on this subject. Uh, Some people were very interested and a lot of people were very resistant because we have this culture that focuses on anxiety, depression and stress as mental health. And to suggest that the body is a big part of this goes against their current understanding. But I am encouraged that this information is changing and I've seen hundreds of clients get better from taking a holistic approach. If you find that your therapy has only hit the mark in certain places, but you're still struggling, then maybe it's time to look at the bigger picture. So make a note on changing your diet because this is a big cause of inflammation. Now there is one diet which nutritionists keep pointing at as an anti-inflammatory diet. And that is a more plant-based Mediterranean diet. Now, why more plant-based? Well, here's a fact for you. 95% of your serotonin is made by your gut bacteria. Your gut bacteria need to be fed. And it can't do that on junk. It can't do that on processed food. It can't do that on too much sugar. But it does love the fiber from vegetables and fruit. It loves whole foods. It loves a varied diet. Now, my diet was pretty appalling as I was growing up because I ate what I wanted, not what I needed. Now, the Mediterranean diet actually has a lot of foods I really like. So it wasn't really a big jump to start adding some of these foods into my diet. You can do small little changes at first and then begin to make the tweaks to your diet each day, each week as you go along. Slow and steady will win this race. All or nothing approaches don't tend to work so well. So take it easy with this. The Mediterranean diet itself tends to include more whole foods. So you're looking at less meat. 
So you, do, you would reduce your red meat right down and you would swap for white meat, fish and seafood. But have less. You don't need so much. Nuts, grains and seeds. Of course, lots of fruit and vegetables. Uh, lentils, chickpeas and beans. Olive oil to cook with. Serotonin is essential if you want to feel good. It's a mood regulator. Without it, we can feel quite anxious and very low. Feeding your gut what it needs will help increase your serotonin production as well as activity. If you really would like to give your gut flora an extra boost, you can use probiotics. Do some research to find the ones you think suit you. I use a brand called BioCult and I use their multi-strain as from doing some research on what bacteria strains seem to have an impact on mental health and BioCult had most of those strains within its ingredients. Now, I'm not sponsored by BioCult in any way, shape or form. This is not product placement. This is something that I've done research on and this is a brand that I recommend to clients and it's a brand that I use myself. Now, to feed your bacteria even more with a little treat, add some fermented foods. Kombucha, which is a fermented drink, it's quite delicious. You can get it in most supermarkets these days. Kimchi, the same. It's a type of pickled vegetable like sauerkraut. Miso soup is also very good. Sourdough bread and fermented kefir milk. And I prefer the flavoured versions. I'm not a fan of milk in itself. But fermented kefir milk seems to agree with me and it does make a difference. My gut feels really healthy. If I don't look after my gut, if I've eaten something that's not agreeing with it, I can sense a mood drop. I can sense just a little bit more negativity than normal. So I know how important it is to look after my gut flora. Every single process within the body requires water, requires you to be hydrated to do its job efficiently. So make hydration your key intention to go along with your new dietary changes. Being dehydrated impacts your focus, your concentration, your memory, can make you feel very tired. It can actually increase your anxiety levels. Now, I know that there are various opinions on how much water you should drink a day. It does seem to focus on six to eight glasses a day of water, You can space that out. You can flavor it if you struggle to have water on its own. But being hydrated is an important part of getting better. Next on the list, are you a caffeine drinker? Caffeine releases cortisol, which we know is part of the inflammation process if it's been in your system for too long. If you are drinking caffeine throughout the day, this will have an impact on your sleep. It can stay in your body, having an impact on being a stimulant for up to 12 hours after you've drank it. So, for example, I can't have a coffee after 10 a.m. if I want to be able to sleep deeply from 10 p.m. that night. It impacts me that much. Now, obviously, we're all a little bit different. But it's good to be aware that caffeine is an issue for people with anxiety and stress as it's making the problem a lot worse. I've had so many clients over the years tell me how shocked they are at how different they feel just by reducing or stopping their caffeine altogether. One of the biggest changes they noticed was how much better they slept at night. As caffeine had left their system, 
by the time they went to bed. Also, their cortisol spikes weren't happening so often in the night, so they were waking up less too, which also decreased their insomnia. If you are a smoker, this is not about stopping right now because that can add stress, but you could begin a program of reducing it to help reduce the cortisol levels and inflammation from the level of drugs abusing your body. Same goes for alcohol or any other types of drugs. So those are the lifestyle changes you can act upon today. And believe me, they can make such a difference in reducing inflammation, reducing cortisol, reducing your cytokine levels so your body can get to heal. It really does need a break from everything that we are doing to it that can increase anxiety, stress and depression. Now we're going to reduce cortisol levels even more now with some little exercises I'd like you to practice. So I'd like you to take a nice big deep breath. And I'd like you to begin to notice where are you breathing to? Are you breathing to your chest or are you breathing a bit further down to the belly? If you are chest breathing, you are stimulating your sympathetic nervous system, which is part of your flight or fight response, which keeps you alert. Breathing down to your belly, or better still, your diaphragm, so diaphragmatic breathing, triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, which tells the brain you are safe and reduces cortisol pretty much within the first few breaths. As your body goes into rest and digest by breathing down to the diaphragm, your body can begin to heal. If you take some time out to just sit and breathe down to the diaphragm, it reduces your cortisol levels, it reduces inflammation, allows your body to heal, gives you some recharge. I mean, we give our electronic products more recharge time than we would give ourselves so this is a time for you this is an act of self-care of self-love it's absolutely vital if you want to heal anxiety stress and depression your body will love you for it and in turn so will your mind so place one hand on your chest and one hand on your belly And just get a sense of when you breathe in through your nose. So nasal breathing is much more preferable and a much healthier way to breathe. I will talk in a future podcast about the benefits of nasal breathing versus mouth breathing. But for now, please become a nasal breather. Practice, practice, practice until this becomes a natural habit for you. So breathing in through your nose and feel your belly begin to expand. We're going to modify this slightly in a moment. But remember, you're breathing here to take back control from anxiety. If you're chest breathing, you're out of control. If you're belly breathing, you're becoming centered and in control. Really feel slowly and deeply your hand being pushed away as you breathe in. And breathe in for about four seconds. So one, two, three, four. 
and breathe out slightly longer than your inhalation. So if you're breathing in for four, breathe out for six. Count it slowly within your mind. Now breathing out longer stimulates even deeper your parasympathetic nervous system and gives you access to the wise, rational, logical parts of your brain, the neocortex. I'd like you just to practice now for two minutes. And you can do it with your eyes closed if you wish. If you're driving, please don't do this, obviously. Do this later on. But just begin to relax your facial muscles as you begin to breathe out. So the intention is to soften your mind and body with each out-breath. And just begin to feel your jaw begin to drop open a little. We can hold so much tension within the face. Let your shoulders drop. Unclench your fists if you're holding on. And remind yourself, if throughout the day, if you find yourself tensing up and clenching, take that nice big deep breath. And let your mind and body know you are safe. Be in control. And as you breathe out, just feel your mind begin to soften. Any tension that you notice within the body, just breathe into it. And even if it just dissipates by 1% to 2%, that's great. You're taking back control. It does get easier. We're going to modify this slightly by just moving your hands now to your side. So it's almost like you've got your hands on your hips. And we're going to do something called 360 breathing, which takes it to another level. So as you breathe in, it's not just your belly expanding upwards. It's almost like you're expanding outwards. So your hands on your hips are moving too. And you begin to notice that it's called 360 breathing because as you're sat there, you feel your back, your sides, your front, all expanding. So your whole body begins to expand outwards. And then contracts inwards and outwards. Once you've got that, you can rest your hands in your lap and just allow your body to go into 360 breathing. just enjoy taking back control. Enjoy noticing how your body may be releasing a little bit of tension bit by bit. Now it's not uncommon by the way to feel a bit of tension during this because your body is thinking what's going on? We don't normally do this. Some people do note that they can feel more anxious when they first relax because they're so used to holding that tension to protect themselves. But it does dissipate. You just need to help your brain know you're safe. 
that you are. You can even say to yourself, I'm safe. Say it deeply, a form of self-hypnosis, but also at the same time, and it's an instruction to your subconscious mind that you're safe. And that's all I'd like you to do. So besides the dietary changes, lifestyle changes, I'd like you to practice breathing to the diaphragm, the 360 way, throughout your day, every day, until the next session. And we're going to take this even further. Working with your mind, still working with the body, to enhance what we've done today. So well done for showing up. Well done for taking this time for yourself. This is an ultimate act of self-care, of self-love. Be proud of that. If you know someone you think would benefit from this free anxiety program, it's not a replacement for therapy. I'm going to make that quite clear. But they could benefit from this just by giving their nervous system a chance to heal. If you think you know someone who would benefit from this, please share it with them. And I look forward to connecting with you in the next session. Thank you.